Hello, this is Jackson. Today is July 1st, and we talked to Jamie Kelly about her opportunities at the Cincinnati Opera. Get it? It's a, it's a pun. Okay, never mind. Let's be artful. Hello, Jamie. Um, so, for those that don't know, uh, Jamie is a development intern, correct? Yes. Okay. Development intern at the Cincinnati Opera. Um, when did you start there? I started right after our semester ended. So, um, as soon as finals were over, I started at the opera the next uh, Monday. I had two days off. Um, so, that was April 30th. So, about a month and a half before productions and performances kicked off. Okay. And so as a development intern, I know we talked with um, Emily Bauer Mm -hmm. about development a little bit, Um, but as someone who is working with the opera, what are your main jobs at the opera? Sure. So of course, as an intern, you get a lot of the grunt work that no one else wants to deal with. Um, So that involves, you know, folding and putting letters in envelopes for different uh, asks and solicitations to people, um, delivering mail all over Cincinnati and northern Kentucky. Um, what else is there? Just, yeah, running errands here and there. And then also working as a parking lot attendant <laughs> during performances. Wait, so Wait, hold on. So you're actually, are you in the parking lot? Or are you driving people's cars? Are you a valet? What's... Oh, what I are you hope, doing? I hope I never have to park anyone's car because <laughs> I cannot drive well and I will crash someone's car, someone's very expensive BMW. Um, no, I'm just there to collect tickets uh, to make sure, just for our major donors, they have their own parking lot. Oh, so it's not just for everybody? No, it's not for everyone, luckily. You work, you work with the elite. Yes, I'm with the, the creme de la creme. No, uh, the people that, you know, give enough to the opera that they get free parking right sure. next to the venue. Um, and I just make sure that everything's set with them. They don't get any parking tickets. They know where they're going, um, which is kind of fun. They're all really sweet, actually. And they see me sweating out there in the 90 <laughs> degree weather. So, <laughs> you know, they feel bad. So. so how often do you do that? Is that for every performance? So luckily, actually, I don't have to do it for every performance. There's also one other person in the development office that will take over a couple of days or a couple of the performances. So we'll switch back and forth. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And um, so when it comes to your jobs, do you do anything other than the parking for the performances or is the parking normally like your major responsibility for the performances around? So for performances, uh, we also op- have a donor lounge um, that is open to people that give a certain amount to the opera every year. Um, but we only have that for two performances per production. Okay. It's the first two because those are the subscription nights. So that's when most people are going to be attending. Gotcha. So it's usually the opening night and then the following like Friday or Saturday. Okay. Um, so which is really nice. So I help set that up and make sure everything's good there. We serve food. We have uh, a double bar because there's so many people packed in that small space. And I'm definitely okay with double bars. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's you know two people there making sure that everyone gets their drink. Um, you know, and I help make sure that the linens are all prepared and we tie everything with a nice bow and I help, you know, clip the, the flowers for all the bouquets and everything and for the, the vases as well. So I know that for the opera, um, 
so the two performances that have already happened are La Traviata, mm-hmm. um, which is at Music Hall, yes. and the Coronation of Popea, which was at S... I don't know what the thing is. SCPA. SCPA, <laughs> the School for the Creative and Performing Arts. Yes, yes. Um, which is right down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think... Well, what are the challenges of having to switch spaces of, you know, everything is at music hall that you would ever need. You know, you could just go right back to the offices versus the SCPA where it's down the street and you have to make sure that everything is there. Well, what are the other challenges that you see going from place to place? Sure. Um, so honestly, from the development standpoint, it's actually a lot easier because we oh. actually do not really have anything for donors at SCPA. We don't have a donor lounge or really anything super special for them. Um, so it's really just um, visiting people at their seats, um, you know, during intermissions and everything or before the performance just to say hi and everything. Um, but other than that, it's actually quite relaxed. I feel like probably for marketing and other departments, they might struggle. They have to set up info tables. They're also responsible for scanning the tickets since um, they don't have anyone, like they don't have union yeah. <laughs> union workers that are scanning tickets. So it's usually falling on us as well. I um, know uh, our friend John is in the marketing department. He was quite busy at the performances that we've gone to. Yes. Um, he was at SCPA working one of the, uh, I think it was some swag uh, booth <laughs> that was selling, you know, like cup holders or whatever. Yes. Um, yeah. But hi, John. Um, <laughs> so, so speaking of other departments, mm-hmm. um, how much do you work with other departments in uh, the performances or just day to day stuff? Yeah, I don't really work with any other departments. Actually, how dare you? <laughs> I should, um, but you know. That sometimes, I mean, I have worked in organizations where you kind of dip your toe into different things, you know, and you help out where you need are needed. Um, but the opera is really set up that there is an intern for every department, so they really kind of take control over that department. So oh, that's cool. Um, if I do, I mean, I will interact with them. I actually get to interact with a lot of the other interns a lot, and we kind of do things without having to go through, you know, full time staff members, yeah. which is kind of nice. Everyone kind of has their responsibilities and we all kind of have our roles that we know, yeah. which is, I think nice. It's, I mean, it's good to have that experience of kind of running all over the place and working marketing one day and doing development and education another day. But also I feel like there is some value in just kind of having that role and sticking to your sticking group. to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and really getting, you know, to dive deep into it, you know, and understand it a lot more. So, yeah. And you said um, working with the other interns, not having to go through full-time staff, but the full-time staff actually give you guys a lot of opportunities to talk to one another outside of work. Yes. Um, can you describe what that that's like? What yeah. you guys do? Because so I find yeah. this really, really awesome about the opera. Yeah. The intern program actually is really fantastic. Um, we have an intern uh, supervisor, essentially. She's um, a production associate, Kate. Um, and she really kind of organizes all these activities outside of just being in the office from nine to five or during performances. Um, so she organizes um, every year an intern mixer. So okay. we get to go to a bar for a couple hours. We get some food. If someone, you know, 
someone wants to get a drink, they can get a drink. And what's really great is everyone goes. So you'll see full-time staff members, you'll see other seasonal staff um, and interns. And also, they also do, I'm kind of going off on a tangent somewhere else. They also do a trainee program. So they also train high schoolers and high schoolers get to... um, take on some responsibilities in different departments as well. Cool. Um, so most of them I think are seniors um, or they're, they're rising seniors or they just graduated from high school and they're about to go to college and everything. So they're not there. They're not um, at the opera the whole summer, but they get to be there for a significant amount of time. Um, they also, so Kate also organizes intern brown bag lunches. Mm -hmm. So we all kind of sit together and then some speakers talk to us for about an hour yeah, it's normally staff talking about their jobs. It, exactly. So um, some people from the development department, from administration, they talked about their jobs. Um, a lot of uh, people that are involved in like the YP, the young people programs and everything in mm-hmm. the opera talked about it. We had um, our artistic director also talk a little bit as well about his experiences with the opera. Um, there was one that uh, the production director also talked a little bit too so that's really great and then we also have a brat fest brat party brat fry brat fry brat fry (laughs) (laughs) where the lighting designer um thomas haas he uh basically he flies in all these brats bratwurst from wisconsin i believe and just goes ham and he just fries them and we all sit in the uh um, like backstage basically. Oh, and cool. so everyone, yeah, we all have brats and you know, there's drinks and other snacks and everything. So we do that after work. So it's really great. There's a lot of opportunities to really get close to people. Mm-hmm. And the opera really does em- emphasize, you know, being friends, like, you know, working well with your coworkers and really enjoying their company and feeling like they're friends as well as coworkers, which I think is really important to be able to work with them and enjoy their company. And, um, they really emphasize, you know, they really care about people. So if someone's having a hard day or is having some struggles, you know, people are very supportive. Everyone celebrates everyone's birthdays very enthusiastically, which is always really great too. So it's exciting. So what's one thing about how the opera is run or your department or the whole organization that you think you would take to another job? Like what's something that's like really redeeming about uh, the opera that you wish all other organizations would do? I know that's a hard question, but that's a hard question. Um, I think I would go off of kind of that, familial aspect that I kind of just talked about. I feel like there's a lot of, there's not a lot of turnover at the opera. So a lot of people are there for the long run. So the CEO has been there for 33 years. The, uh, the chief advancement officer has been there for 16 years. So everyone, you know, kind of has their place here and, you know, can kind of, uh, understand how everyone works and everything, which is really nice. And, and that way they're also able to communicate with patrons and donors so effectively as well because everyone knows everyone. Yeah. And so, you know, everyone, you know, everyone knows Mr. So-and-so and we'll talk to them for, you know, 10 minutes about some crazy thing that's happening to them or, you know, it's, it's nice. Everyone has that like familial aspect about 
the job and everything, which is nice. That's great. Yeah. So when it comes to your development job, what do you guys have planned for the Flying Dutchman? Because there's only two performances, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just kind of the usual. We're going to have our donor lounge and everything, and uh, it's going to be pretty... Pretty status simple. quo. Yeah, pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing too exciting. Um, but it should be a great a great production. So we'll be back in Music Hall and that's where we're gonna be for the rest of the um, for the rest of the season. So um, we're just gonna get through that and <laughs> should be good. Great. So we are gonna do um, a small version of the Artful Thought. Um, with Jamie, um, because we have both seen uh, the first two productions of the opera season. Uh, the first one was La Traviata, and we actually were on, we went the same night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also went to go see, on separate nights, Coronation of Pompeia. Um, so first of all, how many operas have you seen before this? One. One? <laughs> yes. So you went into an internship where you've seen one performance of that art form? Yeah, and it was a college performance. It was at Ithaca College, my alma mater. Um, and I actually didn't really like it that much. <laughs> so, and it was like well done, but I was like, oh no, opera's not really for me. I don't think I'd really enjoy seeing it anymore. Um, so I stopped. <laughs> so, so when you went to go see La Traviata, what did you do before you went to go see it? Did you look up? Did you look up anything? Did you know any information about the show before you went? Yeah, I actually read the synopsis before, I did too. Uh, just to get an idea. I mean, what's great about opera, which I actually didn't really know until I went to that one college performance, was I always thought that it was always spoke like it was always um, performed in the native language, so Italian or whatever it was, and. Um, you would never understand what they were saying. Like, I didn't realize that they were ever subtitles or super titles oh, okay. <laughs> where you could like read along and actually understand and read in English gotcha. what they're saying. So I was like, why would I want to go and just hear music and have no idea what's going on? So, um, but it's always, I, th- I don't know. I like reading. I don't know. I'm a big spoiler person about everything. I always have to read ahead. About oh, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with you, but I don't really consider it a spoiler yeah. in a way. Like I, I normally, my my philosophy when going to see something in a different language than what I'm used to is I try to read the synopsis like you did. Mm-hmm. And it's more, it's not really to spoil the story, but just to make sure like you have like checkpoints in your mind sure. of like, this is the plot. This is what I'm getting myself into. And I mean, for Coronation of Pompeia, I mean, it didn't help because the ending and yeah. we're, we're, we'll, <laughs> we'll do the spoiler warning when we get there. Um, <laughs> But stuff can uh, be a variation or they could reduce the plot. Um, La Traviata was probably the one that was closest to the regular production. Like it was pretty normal. Mm -hmm. Um, So first of all, what Mm -hmm. did you think? I really enjoyed it. Um, I found it. I honestly found most of the time I wasn't even looking at the the super title, so I wasn't even reading along. I was just listening to the music and just watching the performers. Me too. Which was great because um, I was actually sitting up pretty 
close to the front, so yeah, I was Yeah, you were worried. like in the third row. <laughs> yeah, which was great because I got to see the pit orchestra, which is always really enjoyable, and the music was beautiful. Um, but I was really afraid that I was going to break my neck or something <laughs> from like looking up and down the whole time. So honestly, um, I really felt like I didn't have to, and just the way that the performers were performing, I could follow along quite easily and understand generally what was going on without having to read like along, yeah. um, which was really great. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they were all fantastic. And I think La Traviata without, even if you did it without subtitles, it's pretty obvious what's going on. Right. Um, just from the story. Mm-hmm. And I thought Coronation of Pompeia was like that as well, but not to the degree La Traviata was. Yeah, that's true. It was, uh, I mean, yeah, Coronation Popea, there isn't as much, not there isn't enough, as much action, but just, I don't know. It's just not as obvious, I guess, to what you're saying. Yeah, there's right? not like key parts where the plot is obvious. Right. Um, so, um, let me think. What did you enjoy, what did you enjoy most about La Traviata? Um, I mean, I really liked all of it. I mean, for me, just working behind the scenes and not really seeing the opera, it was just nice to kind of remember like why I'm working at the opera. Do you think that's you the know? reason why you are enjoying these operas when you didn't enjoy it before? Um, that may be part of it, um, just kind of seeing how it all comes together. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, just the fact that like I see all these people performing like, you know, just randomly in the kitchen eating food <laughs> or, you know, like here and there. Um or at like brunches or anything, it's nice to kind of see them in character and see how they transform themselves into their character and really are immersed in it. Yeah. Um, but I also think Cincinnati Opera just puts on fantastic performances. They do. And they, they do. really get amazing, amazing artists to just do what they love. And it's it's really enjoyable to see them. And yeah, the artistic staff is always amazing as yeah. well. So, Did yeah. you have a favorite part of the show? I really loved uh, any of the party scenes, you know, yeah, with like the full yeah. chorus and everything and just the elaborate costumes and the set and everything. Um, I also really liked that uh, two um, ballet, like ballet. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I dancers. didn't. I knew that that was a part of the story. Um, were those people from the Cincinnati Ballet? Yes. Yeah. So they were two two people from the artists from Cincinnati Ballet. So uh, That's great. which is actually really kind of cool to see to see yeah. that collaboration a little bit. So. Um, so if was there any part that you did not like? Because mm. I, I can tell you one thing that went. I wouldn't say wrong, but something that caught my eye. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you saw this because we were at the same performance. Okay. But one of the lights went out and oh. kept on flickering during, um, I think it was the second act, maybe, in okay. the garden. Mm. And I think it was like a green light that kept on flickering. And I, w- I was just captivated by that. I have no idea why, really? but I just kept on staring at it going, why is that happening? <laughs> is that and, intentional? <laughs> yeah, no. And, and it was, re- it was really funny yeah. because it, then it stopped and I was like, Oh, I'm watching an opera. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> and I like, I like look back at the people and I was like, Oh, what just happened? <laughs> I oh, missed it. I actually didn't even notice. Oh, that's really, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. because I, I looked at, uh, my friend Celia was with me. Um, it was her first opera mm-hmm. and I, looked over her and I was like, do you see that? And she's like, shut up. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I talked too much during she performances. Didn't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> she didn't care. No. She was enjoying she was, the she story. She was engrossed but... in the drama. Yeah, right. Well, that's just cool, right? That, you know, you don't, 
I mean, it happens and things like that happen. Yeah. So if you can still enjoy the performance, well, it's the beauty like of things. live performance. Yeah, right. Things um, go wrong, and yeah. you know you don't have. I know that is what's so beautiful about opera and you know live theater and everything is like you just whatever happens happens, yeah. and you just have to go with it, and you don't have like someone with like. I don't know, whatever, <laughs> saying cut, you know, yeah. and you get to like redo the whole thing and yeah. pretend that it didn't happen. So, you know. That's different yeah. than actually the first performance we went to together. We went to the American Originals and they redid mm. the last song. Right. Because they were recording it. Right, right, right. Um, it was a live recording of uh, this concert, at the part two of a concert series. Mm-hmm. And they had all the microphones on stage. They had a producer somewhere. Mm-hmm. And they were recording it live, and evidently they didn't have the right take mm-hmm. of the final song, so they redid it. Right. And and I was like, I, I had been in that situation before with the Indianapolis Symphony, mm-hmm. but it completely threw me off. Right. And I was like, oh, they can just redo something. <laughs> And so, yeah, I thought that was, that was interesting. Yeah. Then now you listen to live recordings with like a keener ear. Now you're like, yeah, mm, you're like did, oh, how many times did they really go through this? That was cut. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so when it comes to, uh, oh, well actually, sorry. Now I need to say my last question. Yeah. Um, even though it's over, mm-hmm. if you could have suggested it to other people, would you have suggested it? Oh, absolutely. I think La Traviata is one of those classics that people really need to see. So, the opera, I think they've, they've done this. I think this was their 14th production of it. So yeah. they did it last time, I think, in 2014, uh, I think. Don't quote me on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as I'm quoting it. You're fired. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, how do you not know that? Um, I mean, I, yeah. I, I can't say anything. I didn't know the CSO's missions. So <laughs> I, was, I was in trouble. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's there's so much going on. How can you remember everything, yeah. right? Um, but I absolutely would, you know, and... Yeah, I mean, especially if you've never seen the Cincinnati Opera before, opera, I think it's a great story, um, and the music is great, and the costumes are so elaborate, yeah. and, you know, it's just a, it's in, it's enjoyable no matter what, I think. You don't really have to think too much, or, And with so many people know. on stage, during, I yeah. mean, especially those party scenes you were just yeah. saying, I mean, uh, so, okay, the term is supernumerary, right? Mm, or something yeah. like that. Supers, I yeah. usually call them, Supers, yeah. yeah. Um, where they're not necessarily singers but they're people that are on stage in costume just filling the stage which i find so interesting yeah um, yeah and spoiler alert we may be interviewing someone in brick of the wall so um yeah i think i know who you're talking yeah <laughs> um so you can look forward to that yeah. um so moving on to coronation of Popea. yeah um a very different performance yes. um it was at the scpa mm-hmm um, and first of all, the thing that I got most, there were two things that I enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. One was there was an incredible, I don't know if it was a bass or a baritone. Um, I believe it's a, bass. he, he has a bass yeah. was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I now know what love is because <laughs> I can fall in love with a voice. Um, and, uh, the set design. Yeah. It was really simple and mm. everything moved around stage so effortlessly mm. and it made, it made there be like no change in scene. Right. It kept on, ch- it kept on changing the scene just by moving certain set pieces. Yes. Um, which I really enjoyed. So first question, um, did you like it? 
I did. It's very, very different, like you just said, about uh, different from La Traviata. Um, this is Monteverdi. This is Baroque opera, right? So this yeah, is back 1642. in 1642. Like yeah. Which is crazy. So this is like way back. This is like the very beginning of opera. So um, I feel like very similar stories of love and longing and, you know, misfortune and you know, the hand of God, you know, not letting someone be together, yeah. you know, someone gets killed or someone kills someone. Over the top story. You know. Yeah, which is great. I love it. It's like a soap opera. <laughs> oh, and oh, there we go. I just got it. <laughs> I got the correlation. You're, you're going to get some people calling you being like, it's not a soap opera. <laughs> Don't compare it to that. Sales. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, very similar uh, themes, I guess you could say, but just different ways of presenting it. So I felt it was a lot more... Um, the language was a lot more, I feel like flowery, maybe a little bit more difficult to understand. You kind of, it was like more poetic. Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, I feel like, and the flowery part kind of, uh, uh, resonates with the voices that are used. They're completely different because in La Traviata you have an amazing tenor. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, who was phenomenal. I cannot possibly talk about him enough. Um, and it was basically, you know, Reg- I wouldn't say regular voices. That's not good. I, I would say uh, mm, uh, traditional mm-hmm. voices where it's a soprano, a bass, a tenor, and an alto. Mm-hmm. Like there are any combinations of those uh, parts. But in uh, Monteverdi, in the Coronation of Popea, there are several counter tenors, which are guys who sing in the range and I may be wrong in this sing mm-hmm. in the range of a like basically the mix of an alto or soprano yeah I think it's supposed to be the range of like a mezzo soprano essentially okay. yeah and like that. and that threw me off completely from the mm-hmm. beginning because I didn't realize mm-hmm. that there would be countertenors which I guess I should have known that. <laughs> um but it was I mean listening to that for the entire show, I grew to really appreciate that voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what else did you notice about the performance? Yeah, I mean, uh, that was a big thing. There were three different people that were singing as countertenors, which was uh, very different, but also very beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, it just brings a different tone than if you're listening to a female voice that's mm-hmm. singing a soprano or alto range. Um yeah, and you talked about the set. It actually was uh, designed by an interior designer, not a set designer, which really? is maybe why it may have been like an interesting that or makes, different set. That makes me think about the staging a little bit more. Yeah, because that's re- that's really interesting. Yeah, so um, he yeah he's an interior designer, not a set designer. So it's just different, and that it was kind of cool. Blew my mind. And the actual performers and artists, they are act- the, you know the characters. They're the ones moving the parts around when they're not performing. Yeah. it's basically cool. three large set yeah. pieces, like two, two like arcs or like it kind of looks like bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one long staircase that has a hole in the center that mm-hmm. you can walk through, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so what was your favorite part of the performance? And we may have to get into like, these are spoilers. So <laughs> if, you, if you haven't seen it, uh, which you would have to see it. I mean, this is releasing on Sunday, so you'd have to see it today. <laughs> um, 
but yeah. let, let, we might as well say spoiler alert. So, uh, <laughs> what was your favorite part? I really loved the uh, Seneca uh, scene in the bathtub. Yeah. Um, so the story is that. Uh, oh my gosh, that's a lot of story to go through. <laughs> uh, in in short, uh, Nero, the king, um, basically orders uh, Seneca's death, and Seneca decides to just do it himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very surprised how graphic it was. Yeah. Um, because what they did is uh, normally it's like he like slits his wrist and falls. Mm-hmm. The, the, that's what it normally is. But what they did is they had him get in a bathtub and he took off his shirt or his robe, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they actually poured water on him, Mm -hmm. which shocked me. Yeah. Because I was like, I know that 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 is not as simple as it looks. (laughs) Because you get any of that on the stage. Yeah, Um, right. And then he cut his wrist. I mean, obviously didn't. But he (laughs) cut his wrist and he... Like he came up and he put his arm over the tub and it was just, just covered in blood, Mm. which I was like, wow, that is a much darker depiction Mm. than I've ever seen on stage. Yeah. I think they dialed it down a little bit because you saw it the first night. I saw it the first night. Yeah. I think they dialed it down a tiny bit after that. Really? Um, But essentially the same thing, you know, bathtub and everything. And they have the, so while he's singing about how he's dying and everything, there's the three counter tenor or two, sorry, one counter tenor. And then the other two voice parts, I think they're two, it's a tenor and a baritone. baritone. Yeah. And they're all singing like in unison, don't die Seneca. And it's just like so chilling, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, it's very, yeah. I'd say chilling is probably the best word for it because it, it kind of just gives you goosebumps. Um, and that's how the, I think that's how the act ends, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Which, oh. Yeah, and I think that's actually different from how it actually was set up originally, that the opera, yeah. right? Because that's well, supposed to opera, happen. The opera's supposed to be in three acts, right. and this one is only in two. They right. actually cut part of the plot, right? Um, which they didn't think was necessary, mm-hmm. which is definitely different from La Traviata, because La Traviata was done in its entirety. Yeah. Um, so... What was one part that you did not like? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> How do I say this? Uh, I felt like um, some of the props I wasn't a big fan of. Sure. To be completely honest. So what was one of the I scenes? Feel like here, you know what the thing is, I think... Um, you think of this as like Emperor Nero in like the Roman times. And I think... I would have liked to see maybe a set that was maybe a little bit more like that kind of depicted maybe what, you know, what an emperor would be like, like living in or yeah, just like maybe more opulence and everything. Sure. Um, but I mean, I also appreciate the way the set was and its simplicity and just the, the movements between everything. But, um, I feel like maybe seeing like an actual throne maybe would have, that a little bit more for me. I don't know. Maybe not. There, there, you didn't feel like there was enough impact in certain moments. I feel like I'm not sure. I mean, I guess I would have to see it if it were like if the set were different and everything. Sure. Um, but I wonder if perhaps you know the a big theme is you know the just uh, the idea of power and just having power over people and yeah. the abuse of power. And I just wonder if that could be 
shown in, you know, maybe more. more yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I really enjoyed the way that it was portrayed, but yeah. perhaps that's also, I know uh, other productions of the Coronation Papaya sometimes will do a little bit more opulent sets and everything, yeah. but. I, I think the part that I didn't enjoy as much as, I think I could have enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but I mean, I don't think I, 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 I didn't enjoy it outright, um, was the very ending. Mm, um, okay. they have this beautiful, I think it's, I think it's considered a duet. I don't know if anyone joins, um, between, um, Popea and Nero. They mm. finally get married. Um, they go up these steps, really dramatic, very, uh, not dark, but very, um, I can't think of how to describe it, Yeah. but it, 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 it I mean, chilling like is sinister. Kind of, maybe. Sinister. That's yeah. a good word for it. Yeah. Um, and you could tell like there, it was this beautiful duet that has this undertone of evil to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it, the, the music doesn't match the tone of what has just happened. <laughs> right. And, um, there was a lot of dissonance there. And at the very end, uh, Nero stabs mm-hmm. Papaya. And I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> And like, and, and the funny thing was I was actually sitting, uh, close to the front and someone behind me screamed <gasps> when that happened, oh. went, ah, and, and several people vocally reacted to it. Wow. And, and I thought, well, maybe that was the reason why they wanted to have that quick reaction. But to me sitting in the audience, I had no idea what to think of that. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't really enjoy it that much because I thought it just took away the sinister part of it. It right. it it made it made Popeya seem more or it seemed less evil. Yeah, she was more of a pawn than perhaps like an actual player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or and, something and, like that. And, and it made Nero more evil, mm. which I think they're equally evil. And actually, I was talking with. Uh, a seasoned subscriber that was sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was saying, um, well, at the end, or like in, in the story, the tale goes that he does end up killing her. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, I didn't really enjoy that part of it. Yeah. And she also mentioned, you know, I was saying, you know, do you know much about this one? Because I wanted to read the synopsis. I read the synopsis, but I didn't fully digest it. Right. And I said, so can you tell me about this opera? And she goes, everyone's evil <laughs> except for Seneca. Right. And I thought, oh, that's that's good. That's good to know. <laughs> and I watched it and I went, yeah, okay. Hmm. Like she said, everyone's morally reprehensible. Right. And and I talked to her afterwards. She said, it made Papaya not morally reprehensible because something bad ends up happening to her at the end. Right, you end up feeling bad for her. Yeah, right. You, there, there's this moment of, oh, she did. Like, right. you know, it's not, you know, I don't know. It's it, it was it was rough for me to be like, oh, that's how they ended it. That's the last thing. Yeah. So. I agree. I feel like after everything that everything that goes through or happens in that opera, just you know, the deceit and the lies and Nero just wanting to be with Pope and vice versa, it just seemed like, yeah, at the end, like it didn't. I don't know. It just didn't matter or something. It, it felt know? like it was a, it was, it was a plot point to have a reaction rather than like right. an actual finale to the opera. I get that. Yeah. Um, especially from the, ah, behind me, which, <laughs> is, which I, I actually started laughing. That's um, funny. Yeah. 
Because also someone said a, a sm- small expletive right as I was <gasps> right as right as the show, right as the opera ended. Oh, perfect. They're like, oh, and then yeah. Um, so Good. that was that was fun. I mean, you know, you get a reaction and people talk about it too. So that you know, well, we are talking. I about mean, it. and it doesn't seem so far fetched for Nero to do something like that. You know, you see in the the scene earlier when he's with the poet and they're drunk together and. You know, they're kind of getting comfy and cozy with one another. And then he stabs the poet. Yeah. You know, like he just wants to, I mean, you know, and you see he's like all about the power and he doesn't want anyone to question yeah. him and he doesn't want anyone to over overpower his own authority. So I guess, you know? I mean, I guess the arc of that makes sense in a way. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I don't know. Maybe it's I'll change my opinion. On that. <laughs> it's something to think about, I guess. Yeah. You know, he's just crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. And I know that I've heard mixed reactions uh, mm. about if you would suggest going to see it. Would you suggest going to see it? I would. Yeah. At least giving it a try, and at least you know, sitting through at least the first inter- you know, the first act and everything. I think it's interesting to see where opera originated from, and yeah. just how it differs so much from La Traviata. I also thought the instrumentation, you know, the instruments are amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's all, you know, period instruments, the catacoustic consort, they were playing, you know, um, broke harpsichord and, um, harp and recorders. Wait, who was playing the, it's, uh, the catacoustic consort. Who is that? Um, so they're just, uh, a group of instrumentalists and they perform like that, those period instruments. So instruments from the Baroque era. Oh, so so they weren't just contracting for that. They're actually a group. They are a group, right? So they were basically contracted. I think maybe a couple, there were a couple of extra, um, performers that were, you know, solo. Interesting. You know, they were just contracted for this performance. Um, but there was like a core group of, uh, I think it was maybe five or six people. That's it. I did not know so, that. Which is great. Yeah. So like they've performed together before as well, which is really exciting. So you know that they are very tight knit and which, I mean, so. I will say for the pit and for the orchestra. Wow. Like, yeah. I mean, they really did a phenomenal job. It is beautiful music. I thought so. Yeah. So, I would, I would recommend it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so any final thoughts? Uh, go see the opera. <laughs> <laughs> and so the next uh, show at the opera is the Flying Dutchman. That is coming out this week. Yeah, so it's going to be... July 3rd and 5th. 5th July 5th and 7th. 5th and 7th. Yes. I knew it was one day apart. Yes. Um, and then the next one is going to be Another Brick in the Wall, which has, I think, five performances, maybe six. I think they added one. Yeah, um, I honestly can't even remember how many. There's quite a yeah. few. I, I know it's it's the most... It's the most performances out of the season. And then right. and then As One is performing mm. in Wilkes Studio. Yeah. Um, which will also be interesting. I've never been in Wilkes Studio before. Oh, yeah. It's a um, great space. Which is off to the side of Music Hall. In Music Hall, but, you know, not in the main hall. Um, so that should be really interesting. And I hope to get a ticket to that, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I've enjoyed going to the opera. Um, yeah. So... And yeah, the next three productions are completely different and, you know, you're going to get a taste of different things, which is really exciting. Yeah. Should be good. Yeah. Yeah. I think the opera has a very well-rounded season. Yeah. I would think so too. So you kind of touch it like, you know, everyone, there's something for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Should be good. You should work in marketing. That was great. (laughs) Ah, I'm not very good at writing blurbs and (laughs) (laughs) emails and stuff. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's about it. Great. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you. This is so fun. Okay. And if you see Jamie at the opera, tell her hi. Give me some water because I'll be 
outside <laughs> outside parking cars <laughs> <laughs> and sunscreen. <laughs> okay. Until next time. Thank you so much, Jamie, for being able to talk with me on this episode of the Artfuls podcast. Um, it was wonderful to be able to talk with you about the opera and the upcoming performances. Uh, so make sure to check out The Flying Dutchman, Another Brick in the Wall, and As One at the Cincinnati Opera. Information can be found on their website. That is it for this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and comment on this episode. You can see more of me on Instagram and Twitter at ManageTheArts. You can also connect with us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ArtfulsPodcast and or send us any questions through our email at ArtfulsPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, have an artful day.